The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. That's how we own it! It's a lot going on out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? So... And you grew a beard, so there we go. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The beard, beard life. So, first of all, I'm in my bed, y'all, because unfortunately, if I showed you guys, like, what it looks like in my entire apartment, because I have work being done on a major part of my place, um, you would probably scream. So I have to actually be in my bed. This is not something that I would generally do uh, on live on the street politicians live, but we got to do what we got to do. So what are we talking about, Mo? You had the topic, man. You had, you know, you had the internet going a little crazy because, and I, and I hear it all the time, man. Um, I post on my page about things, and you know, you post about, let's say, yesterday. Um, I posted, or I didn't even post, I just seen yesterday that they attempted to hang a man. Like some white, some white people was in, they were, I think they were on a camping trip or something and they approached some black dude and they was attempting to hang him and some people called him and was like, hey, stop that, stop that. And they got it on camera and everything. And you'll post something like that and people will say, Oh, well, why you don't post about the violence that's happening in black-on-black crimes that's going on? You know, or, or you'll post, I posted today, you know, there was a video. I don't know where, how, how it created. I mean, what, what created the situation, but um, obviously there was some type of um, disturbance inside, I think it was a restaurant or something, with a white, white man, a white woman, her, her man, I guess, or somebody was with her. And I guess she was having some issues with some black people. So one of the black ladies that she was having issues with looked like she tried to grab or hit her. And the guy that was with her teed off on her, started punching her like she was a dude, uppercutting her. And a black dude came out and he he tore his ass up. He lit him up, you know? And then you have people say, you know, yeah, you'll show that. But why you don't talk about the black on black crime? Or why you don't talk about the people that killed somebody in the Bronx? And we and and it's so it's so annoying to me, right? And they 
and they don't realize the correlation to all of these things. There's so many people that make it seem like, you know, black people are in the communities, they just negative, they just violent. These people are just shooting each other because they're just how they are, you know. These people are just terrible. They're the most evil, the most, you know, demonized, savages people in the world. You know, and, and I've seen you make a post about how systematic racism causes, is the cause for the violence in the black community. And, you know, and there's always people that, oh, you don't want to be held accountable. People just want to act like there's nothing going on. Black people need to pull themselves by the bootstraps and stop making excuses. And you can't blame the white man for everything. And I hear this bullshit over, over a thousand and thousand times. And, you know, I'm so glad that you posted that. So it, it gave us the opportunity to have a conversation and delve deep into what systematic and systemic racism is and how it really plays the part you're talking about. You know, you know, you know. I heard about, obviously, a, a lot of the shootings that happened over the weekend. I was hearing about it. You know, as we do, we get reports, unfortunately, as things are happening from, you know, I'm on, you and I are both on one group in New York, which is made up of all the major anti-violence groups. And um, and Park, Park J10, we're going to come right to your point. Um, but all the major anti-violence groups that uh, are in New York City are on a thread and we're constantly back and forth and you know and, and I really am more of a bystander just kind of listening in and figuring out how I can be helpful and um, so you unfortunately get to hear this happened at this time like it's in real time you find out about things that's going on so and of course even though it's a group in New York we share relationships and partnership and family with people from all around the country and so you hear about incidents that are happening even before the general public knows about you know different shootings and so mm -hmm. I'm hearing a lot about kids being killed and I, I mentioned in the post that I wrote last night that for the over the last 25 years of my life I have um unfortunately helped to bury a lot of kids um you know a lot of kids you know and the, and the, i guess the one case that is the most significant to me not that any child like i guess all of them are significant but the one that i really literally helped with everything including getting him a casket that was um fit for his size he was too small for the other caskets he was too small for a too big for a baby casket but too small for any of the other caskets and so um we had to have a special casket brought in and it was for young christopher lloyd morgan um and his parents lloyd and um and whether or not i don't even need to be giving out his parents name the bottom line is that that particular service, that funeral, it really mice tore like something into my soul to watch these people, this family. I mean, I guess Cheyenne doesn't doesn't mind me talking about her because she's told her story a million times. But to watch her bury her baby was so incredibly painful for me 
I have never been able to erase the image of that baby in that casket. I've never been able to get that out of my mind. It was so painful. And to watch her family go through the turmoil and she had another child and other, you know, her mom and all of what they suffered. And so I know all too well that what happens, you know, to a family when a child is killed is like no other pain in the world. So this is not about excusing those individuals responsible for killing um, young Chris. In fact, when I think about it, um, we went to court. We actually yeah. went to court. Didn't it we? was a sad day. That was great. We went to Cheyenne to court and sat with her while she had to face her children's murderers. And so I don't think that anyone is saying, I know for sure that no one that I know that's in the anti-violence world, people who have been doing this work for many years, no one is saying that it's acceptable, that there is a there's an excuse that can be made for it, that it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, or that anyone who challenges these individuals is wrong, or that we are going to challenge their parents for saying that they want to see um, that, that, these, that the individuals that are responsible for killing their kids are held responsible. I don't think anyone is saying that. I know I'm not. No, I'm not either. I'm not, I don't, that's, not, that's not the point. But what we know, or at least what I know, is that this particular type of of uh, of activity or 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 horrific action really only takes place in certain communities. So I, right. and I'm really trying to go slow with this, so we can really break it down because unpack. We got, there's a lot to unpack here. It's a lot to unpack. And it's hard when you move fast with it because people be like, I don't know, I don't know, I missed it. Okay. That's right. That's what we're going to so, take. So, we're going to take our time today. We're going to take our time. We got time today. We got time. So we're going to break it down slow. Okay. So it only happens in certain communities. So when I go to, hey, Derek, my brother, I love you, B. It's not like when I go to the black community in. Beverly Hills or in Buckhead or in on Strivers Row, although Strivers Row in Manhattan is very close to, you know, Edge Home and other places. But I'm just saying, you get the point. Mm -hmm. That when I go into those places and I, I bring those places up because Black people live in Beverly Hills, Black That's people right. live in, um, in, in, uh, what's the other place? In, uh, 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 no, no, no. But in the other place, I said in Buckhead, Buckhead. Lots of black people live in Buckhead. Lots of black people live in um in a uh, Shriver's Row in Manhattan in Harlem. I in Edgewater in, in Jersey. In you know. Edgewater, New Jersey. Yeah. Put, put, give us some other places where black people live in these rich areas. These things don't happen there. Now, what some people would try to have us believe, Mice, mm -hmm. and what they want to say is that a kid who lives in the Bronx yeah. is different somehow mechanically, like their makeup, their makeup is different, is different. Yeah. from the child who grew up 
in Edgewater. And mm -hmm. I check that. I think all these children are born the same. That's right. But then something happens. That's right. So now you want to pick it up because I don't want to talk so, too much. So, okay, no, no. You, 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 you was teaching. You was teaching. Right. So there, there is, there is and, and this is what my whole conversation is, there is a direct correlation. Correlation. You and I mean, your, you starting it again. I made up a word. My fault. You know? It's correlation. It's correlation. There's a direct correlation to poverty and violence. Right. You know, there is a direct correlation. They are they are connected at the hip. And that's why when you say that there, when you talk about uh, that black people are you know are prevalent in out that where there is not poverty there is not violence that follows so that shows that we're it's not just that black people are just negative violent people there is something that is causing the violence right and when we talk about poverty poverty in our communities is a direct effect of systemic racism well, 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 wait, wait, you gotta. Don't go, I'm going too fast. You're going too fast. Too because fast. Because here's the problem. Okay, let's tell me the problem. Some people are not even, they're not even clear how. How the poverty does. Poverty it. and systemic racism. Okay, even have, so let me, let me, okay, so let me break down. See, okay. the poverty creates the violence because look, you in a community, right? You wake up hungry. Right? That's that's the first thing. You wake up hungry. That causes trauma. And the trauma eventually leads to mental health issues, right? A lot of these people who are committing violence are doing two things. They're trying to eat and they're dealing with mental health issues. So you go outside after you're hungry, right? You don't have much money. The only vision of success that you have in your community is the drug dealer, right? The drug dealer comes outside. He has the nice clothes you want. He has the, the car you want. He got the girl you want. He got everything. You woke up hungry because the food stamps that they said didn't, didn't feed everybody because you got about six or seven brothers and sisters, you know, and there's not you you born this is this is your situation you was born into as a young boy you didn't you didn't just didn't do your job you came into you were born into a project household where there's not much going on it's three bedrooms and it's about 10 or 15 of y'all you sleeping on you wake up you frustrated your little sister done peed in the bed there's piss stains in the mattress you hung all these things you're dealing when you come outside and the drug dealer got the brand new jordans you want and the girl you could try to talk about is talking about how cute he is. You ain't, it's no doctor that lives next door to you. Ain't no lawyer that lives next door to you. The only vision of success or the person that you see closest to the proximity of success is this drug dealer. Well, because where did the doctors go and the lawyers? The, the doctors and the lawyers done went to Beverly Hills. They left. They, the left the they, didn't, they didn't stay here and tell you how to be a doctor and a lawyer. They didn't give you no, 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 you know, no blueprint. They didn't give you anything possible. They didn't let you know anything that you was able to do. There was absolutely no nothing. So what happens? 
is now you was left with the drug deal. You know, and he don't and know. Maybe, and, and, and it's not just the drug dealer. Because the drug dealer is there. Yes, that is true. And you talked mm -hmm. about that. So I think that's very personal for you. That the drug dealer became someone that you saw and sort of idolized, if you will. Right? But David John says there was no cliff notes. There was just... None. It was nothing. It was just nothing. literally... There was Figure it out and, 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 and someone else says here, we got to talk to our, our, our followers. Nate Jones, who I love much, said... And she said, you got to sell some of them stamps because the food stamps don't buy the diapers. So you got to sell some of them stamps. Right. But listen, he Ooh, said, talk about he said, it. He said the fathers. Where were the fathers? The father is there. The, the father, father is there. there. Sometimes the father is there. But the father who is there is working for uh, uh, the bus, which call it uh, MTA, maybe driving a train. You left out image in the household and of, of a man who's working hard but he doesn't look shiny like the dude on the street but that is old school Mike you talking old school you're speaking from your okay so now we're talking about the, yeah, sca the scammer now the scammer no, but I ain't even talking about the scammer because the old school what I'm saying is old school is that the drug dealer was in the community and therefore you got to see him in a certain way now it's on your cell phone. Everybody on your cell phone on on Instagram is rich. Is lit. They rich. They everybody. <coughs> everybody on your cell phone is literally lit. Like everybody, lit even the like dude that ain't got nothing, they are lit on the cell phone. They so, call it lit. So these are these are the things that you're. She said they weak-minded individuals. Well, the problem with that with with that philosophy is the people are the weak-minded individuals. Now, exactly. eight out of ten of the people fall to that same reality. Like exactly. it, we don't, they don't. We we figure it out later. You understand what I'm saying? But for right. the most part, everybody's trying to be lit when you're young. We we ain't sitting there. We ain't got this advanced mind saying, "Yo, you know, don't do that." That's not what we going for. We going for what's lit. We going for what's hot. We want nice things. Why don't we want nice things? Why when don't I was young, when I was a young girl, I say this in my documentary, I wanted to be married to a drug dealer. Because <laughs> when I asked my parents for stuff, they told me, you can't have that. I ain't buying that. That's stupid. This is that. I'm not spending that kind of money on these things and that thing. So that's what I learned. Now, I'm just saying, I'm talking about Tamika Mallory. There is a direct line between what I was looking for when I was young. I wanted to be married to a drug dealer. And then I met my baby father. And he was working in a print shop. He was working in a print shop at a, at a law firm. He was, he was, he was temping at night making copies of the legal documents for the next day. His brother had him doing that job. Mm -hmm. But I wanted things. So I would say, I want this, I want that. I don't understand it, this and that. You can't do nothing for me. Da, 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 da. I was doing the neck bob and the whole thing. And guess what happened? Next thing you know, he started selling weed. 
trying to keep up. It wasn't just me, but I'm 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 taking full responsibility because I don't really give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm telling the truth. The right? truth. He Session started. Three. He started selling weed, and that was just supposed to be some extra money on the side. But guess what? Within X amount of years, the weed turned into a little bit of weed that went to a lot of bit of weed that went to him being killed because of. Um, you know, folks saying that he stole drugs or whatever, something that had, was drug related. And come to find out when it was all said and done, another young lady said she was pissed off with the guy who lived in the house. And so she stole the drugs and yet my baby father was blamed for it. He was shot and killed. He was left in the ditch for two weeks before he was discovered. So, you know, for us, like some people think, oh, you guys are out here just fighting um, uh, for uh, against police brutality, but you're not really doing anything about the issue of fix my camera. Look, they all on me about get it together. Um, together. Um, sorry, you know, some people feel like, well, you know, they just out here fighting police brutality. They're not really dealing with the issue of violence in our community. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> Part of it might just be our fault that we haven't really expressed to people um, what we do and our real stories. Maybe they just haven't heard it. Maybe there are a lot of new followers, people who don't really know our stories, but we're not talking about stuff that is far you know, away from us or things that we can't touch and feel and smell and taste every day because this is actually our lived experiences. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. 
the best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's right. And that's, and that's pretty much what it is. And so when we break down these situations, when I talk about how, you know, I, what my experience growing up young was, I understand how that reality created violence. It created, oh, you into, like, the food in the refrigerator? Tell them about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was talking about how, you know, how we really grew up poor, you know, and how could the crack era in our community completely wiped us out, you know, and it made us, it created mental health, it created trauma, it created poverty, it created all of those things, and those things come from somewhere. You know, people just be like, oh, you just made bad decisions. Everybody has to be responsible for the decisions. But your decisions is based on your choices. You understand what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm quite well, sure. Say your choices, what do you mean? Okay, so let me explain to you. Your decision is based on your choices. Now, if you have, okay, A, there's no food in the refrigerator. You can not eat. A, you can go ask his neighbor to see if maybe they have something which they probably won't. B, when you can see, go outside and probably steal some. To see D, or you can go out and hustle and, and pretty much not, you know, figure out on your own and make your own money, which you can have more money for even more than just groceries. You can ha actually have some sneakers that don't have holes in it, right? And what comes with that, a lot of people in the community are choosing D. Because you don't really want to steal. You know what I'm saying? You want to make your own money. You don't want to starve. You don't want to be hungry. So a lot of people in your same community are choosing D. Now, what happens with D is everybody can't make money in the same place. Because if you making money, he making money, then all the people that are hustling is not really making no money. So what happens is you realize that in order for you to actually make money, there has to be some level of violence that comes with this situation because you got to make them believe like y'all can't just hustle on this block because I can't pay the money if we all hustle on the same corner because everybody ain't coming to buy the same drugs and everybody ain't coming to buy the same somebody somebody can't work here so what happens is the toughest person is the one that gets to be able to make the money on the block so you learn that just by watching whoever they scared of is the person that's able to make the money so you start to adopt that mentality. And what happens is everybody else adopts that mentality. So they have to prove to you that you're tougher than them or they're tougher than you. And then what happens after it starts out with fist fights on the block, it turns into the guns. And this is all these things are created because people just don't want to be hungry. Right. And they so don't want to have homes in their seat. Okay, fast. I went too fast again. You're going too fast, okay. too fast yo. You got to slow it down for the people in the back because they can't hear you in the back. Get okay, ready. slow it down. Okay. That doesn't mean that we're not saying 
We don't want to see violence. Man, I wish Erica could be in this conversation. But they got to do better with this where we can have more than one person on Instagram at one time. Instagram, y'all got to start getting three and four ways. You know, you got the house party situation going on. Exactly. And my brother is on here, Flawless, um, Flawless ENT. He's on here talking about how, like, I was mad young. That's the thing about lived experience. I was, like, 14 and 15 years old after my brother had been shot several times and he was in jail and I was traveling on buses back and forth to go see him in jail. I was, I was going to the grocery store helping my mother to pack up boxes to ship him, to send him, to help him in his situation. Like, this is our lived experience, okay? And he, he was not born a bad person. He was not born angry and evil. Actually, he's a very sweet, kind, thoughtful, and loving person. Actually. However, however, based upon the fact that he is not my mother's child, this is actually, he's actually my cousin who we lived, I lived with him, so he is my brother, but he's my cousin. He lived in a situation <laughs> where his father was deceased when he was very young. He lived with his mother who had little means they lived in a certain community that was very violent it was very rough it was very challenged and he's he became a victim of his environment so now someone's saying we want to discuss george soros whatever your questions are about yeah george please soros, i need your soros. i heard you give it up george soros to give him some money he's applying he has asked many times I got the fellowship last year. We are, yes, we, I got some money from George Soros. My son did not. He's trying. So I'm trying, man. Cause I hate giving out money, man. Free money too. Please. It ain't free. Cause I have to work. I got a project. But anyway, um, you know, I mean, people try to make it seem like they doing some gotcha thing. Like, so anyway, um, that's our lived experience. And when you, it resonates with me when you talk about the crack addiction. My parents were not addicted to crack, right? That's something that I didn't have to deal with. So I did a little bit better than most of the people around me. But down the hall from me, I lived in, in a, a project, on a, in a project building where there was 20 floors. And on each floor, there were four apartments, four, three, four. So there was... Uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11 apartments on each floor. Every other door had people addicted to crack. Severely. I'm not, listen, I was born in 1980. I'm not talking about people addicted to crack today. Because I understand there's a difference between the today crack addicts and the crack addicts of 1980. They were severely addicted to crack cocaine. This was the first time in the, in the in, in I think in our existence that black women would sell their children. Their children. And this is not this is not no bullshit. They were selling their their bodies and their children. They was literally leaving their children in the crack house as collateral to come back for crack, saying, listen, this you can hold my baby if you don't think I'll come back. And leaving the baby with the drug dealer for weeks at a time. Newborns. Newborn babies, man. Like I literally seen this. Like I watched these things happen. 
I watch women who I seen who were nine to five working every day. The most beautiful, smart people in the world was outside knocking on doors saying they would do anything in the world just to get a hit. And like we this learned, kid. and we learned, we learned because it is now proven and recorded that crack cocaine was implanted in our communities. Do we That's not right. learn this? That the federal government had lots to do with how crack cocaine became prevalent in the black community. That's right. And I think it's important for us to, because to, we got to swing back, because I know Kat is going to get on us, our producer, about staying on point, about white supremacy, and about systemic racism, and how there are some people who do not understand the connection between the ways in which our communities have been literally designed. Like, That's right. right. They say that the CIA, someone Nicole is saying, exactly. The CIA is reported to having been engaged in ensuring that crack cocaine was, and dope, and all of those things were prevalent in the black community. So what right. we, what we, what we, what we, and that's why I wrote in my last post last night that we have a, we don't understand because when you hear white supremacy, people start saying, well, white people didn't run up and actually shoot and kill the, the black people or the no. black children. We're not no. talking about people. We're talking about systems. The system. Systems. The system so of you, could take, you could take Johnny out the system and put in a mark. Jack. And it that, was, the system will still run the, the same system way. will continue to run because the system has been designed in a way that is set up to keep our communities oppressed, dependent, and broken. And violent, exactly. And violence, listen to me. Violence. People don't understand when you say systemic racism and what you, they don't understand what capitalism is built on. Capitalism is built on the fact that there will be a lower class. It's a bottom. There has to be a bottom. And this structure was built with black people to stay at the bottom. The main structures that are funding capitalism is the prison industrial system and the prison industrial system and corporations, and they invest in the bottom. They invest in us killing each other. They invest in us dying. They invest in us being a consumer. Everything about capitalism is built on the back of black and poor people in the world. That is how they make their money. They make their money betting on the fact that we will go to jail, that we will die fast, that we will overpopulate prisons, that we will um, spend most of our money into anything that they put out. This is how this structure has been. So when we talk about systemic racism, that is what it's built on. It's understanding that, okay, we're going to make sure that they have access to guns, even though they don't make any guns in the community. We're going to make sure that they have abundant of access to guns so that they can continue to kill each other, so that we can continue to lock them up and make billions and trillions of dollars a year. I'm laughing because people are talking to me in the comments, but no. And, 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 and mass, the cat says about mass, mass incarceration. Like, 
we are 100% sure. Talk to that child that baby wants your attention. He just wanted some batteries. His mother can give him some batteries. Um, that that we have to understand that when you and I and I really mean my slow, slow, for real. Because I'm telling you, last night I sat up for for two hours and talked to people in the con in the comments that are lost. They don't know. They think that this is about locking up Ray Ray. Not yeah. understanding that you can lock up 20 Ray Rays and the violence in our communities will it's not, not going nowhere. It's a new it's Ray Ray going to Because he's going to go because through the same structure. little brother is growing up he in can't wait. conditions. The same position. And if you can't change his conditions, you cannot change his reality. This is why when you mm. look at mm. our yes, rappers, when you look at our rappers, when you look at our athletes, when you look at all of our people who acclimate to a level of success, if you watch how they come into the business and so how the mind state changes and how they're able, even able to capitalize and monopolize any of these industries, when you look at 50s, I teach courses. I sit down and teach educators about, they ask, why are we not able to grab the minds? of these young geniuses in elementary school, in junior high school? How do people like Jay-Z don't even go or graduate high school? How does 57 of them drop out of junior high school and high school? How aren't we able to capitalize on these young, brilliant minds? And it's because the structures and the, and, and the poverty and all the things going on around us does not allow us to be, to be engulfed in school. And the structure of school is not meant to really teach us or teach us how to be the entrepreneurs that other the white our white counterparts are getting. So we're not even grabbing onto that. We're dealing with so listen to me. I was dealing with so much shit in school. I mean, in my home, that by the time I I was probably one of the most intelligent. My kid, my teachers would tell you that from kindergarten through our high school. I was one of the most intelligent kids, but I was dealing with so much trauma and shit in my school. It was in the school in your house. In I mean, in my home. I was dealing with so much trauma in my home that... What was you they, dealing with? What was the things? I was dealing with the drugs in my household. I was dealing with domestic violence in my household where they was up fighting half the night or one of them wasn't there. Me and my sister was in the household night. We worried about where they, where they at. At eight or nine years old, there's nobody in the house. You waking up, you hungry, you scared to death. You don't know if they killed your mother out there because you know she was getting high. You know you don't know what's going on. Your, my father died when I was twelve, so it was so many different things. And and you you had to call the police. Police knocking on your door some nights. The drug dealer knocking on your door, talking about your mother didn't come with his money. Where she at? And you know what I'm saying it's it, it was so much shit that you had to deal with as a kid. Police knocking on your door because your mother and your father was fighting all night, so the neighbor then called the police. Y'all had to sleep in the police precinct because your mother then pressed charges. And then, you know, you 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 up all night. You have an eight. You scared to death. You don't know what's going on. And then you got to go to school tomorrow and try to try to pay attention to what's going on in school. And nobody knows why you lashing out. Nobody knows why you angry. They telling you, you got behavior problems. Now those behavior problems, somebody teasing you about the sneakers you had, so now you get into a fight. Now you you in the principal's office, your mother's mad because she was getting her ass beat the night before, and now she got to come to school and talk about you. So now she ready to whip your ass. Uh, so much shit that you dealing with. By the time you get to class, 
By the time you get to class, with a white teacher, with a white teacher that don't give a fuck you. about you, already told you that you'll be dead by the time you're 17 years old. You know, my third grade teacher told me that I'll die before I was 18 or I'll be in jail for the rest of my life. So nobody understands that. So now when you're tired of being, you're tired of dealing, you figuring, I got to get out of this house. I got I to gotta help my mother. I got to, I got to, me and my sister can't live here. We got to figure it out. My little sister was selling drugs before she was 12. She was on planes with fucking cocaine inside her body. I didn't know about this. She was coming back, giving me a thousand. So my my little sister introduced me to hustling in the street because she was tired of us being broke and people t picking on us. So this this is what you don't understand. So people just say, oh, you're just a savage. And this, now you outside, the people picking on you. You're not going to let nobody hurt you and your sister because it's just you and her. And, 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 and she's small. She's fucking 90 pounds with the biggest mouth in the world. So you got to protect her. You know what I'm saying? So you got to fight for her and you can't be soft. So now... Is nothing all you around and surrounded by is is it testosterone and ego and violence and all this. So you have to become that. That's like in your nature. You're a good kid. You was a smart kid. You played uh. basketball. You was one of the smartest kids in your community. Everybody knew you were smart. But you didn't have the opportunity to capitalize on none of that shit. Couldn't, you couldn't catch up to you it. You couldn't catch up to it. Because all your friends around you was like, yo, we I remember the first time, man, I saw crack was in 19, I think it was 86, 85 or 86. My friend showed me crack and said, this going to get us rich. God bless the dead. My man verse said, this going to get us rich. And I said, I'm not selling that. I ain't want nothing to do with drugs. And next thing I know, they had cars and this and that and everything, you know, and I was still trying to do the right thing. It, it, it wasn't my reality. I was tired of being hungry. I was tired of being not having nothing. I was tired of trying to go to school and, and having to hop the train to go to fucking John Jay College because you ain't even got bus fare. You know, so, she was just I, real. And I don't want, and I don't want, I don't want to cut you off because people need to understand this like deeply, like deeply, deeply understand because in the in the projects where I live. I didn't even have parents that was messed up on drugs, but the, <laughs> but the sirens all night and the sounds of the drama and, and my neighbor having to give my mother her money every month when she, or every, whatever time they got their welfare check. So my mother could hide the money because her children were so messed up on crack and they would throw her down the stairs to right. steal her money and they would fight their mother and, then they had children that were my age that were also dealing with a whole lot. Like our community, and, and mind you, the mere fact that that can be going on uptown and then downtown, like whenever you had to go downtown. You seen, you was like, wow, this shit ain't, how the fuck they living so good like yeah, this? Like, how is everything so what? what? How is it so different in these two areas? And it makes me think about people. So I, I, I want to bring us to like right now. But I mean, yo, we need a whole live on how I grew up. And it, and really? it needs to be, and the we live needs to be right. by white people specifically. Like I want yeah. white people. I'm not even talking about black folks. I want white people to sit and watch and listen to many of us tell stories about how we grew up. Just but you know what pisses me off? It's people that know how we grew up, Tamika. 
and one or two of them might have made it off the block. Like, I, yo, it's a dude oh, on my yeah. page. I don't want to bring up their name. But this nigga was one of the, the, the first people. Who are you talking about? I, I'm Who was one of the people? No, it's a dude that's, that he comes on my page. Oh, 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 please. Yeah, I'm not bringing. No, I'm not talking about that. I I'm saying Terry, Terry Cruz. Okay, no, I'm not talking about. I ain't getting involved with in that. I'm talking about it's dudes on my page that come from my community, and I watch these dudes sit on the corner and, and hustle and sell drugs for years. Like these was one of, the, and they finally made it out. You know, they got some. You know, they changed their life around, and now every post is everybody's a savage in the community, and they need to die, and don't blame us because we did the right thing. And I'm like, brother, you contribute. You was on the same block I was on. I watched you. You contributed. You sold some of these these kids' mothers' drugs. You the reason some of them was was crack babies. You understand? What I'm saying now you better than everybody. Now everybody need to figure it everybody's out. Everybody's a thug. Everybody's a thug and all this because you figured out how to move past that. Like when, and that's the mentality I watch a lot of people come from. And it's like, brother, and they be like, I did it. You can do it too. No, listen to me. It be understand that you are the exception, not the rule. Because if ninety percent of the people ain't doing the shit you're doing, it's something. Because it's a reason why. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. be, and be that's the, oh my god, you just ding 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 ding. There's a bell. That's a bell. I got to do a bell. Because that's the whole thing. Well, I know some people who figured it out and they made it out. Yeah, sure. Shit. There's a few of us that have made it out. But you always got to ask yourself, where's the majority? Where does Where's the line of majority exactly minority? That's and right. They say it's the exception and not the rule. And that's it. And when you realize that you're the exception, not the rule, and you stop holding people to a stand, because to be successful coming from our community, it takes this. It takes skill. It takes drive. It takes push. It takes luck. It takes everything to everything. happen at the exact same time. Perfectly. Perfectly. Because it don't. Because if you think you just did it because you just smarter and you, you, no, you. Like I tell people, they say I wasn't lucky. I worked hard. I said, well, listen, you could have been. The Central Park Five, you lucky. You could have been Khalid Browder. They ain't did nothing wrong, but they lost half their life in prison. So when you when you don't realize that that could have been your, you could have been a young boy, another young boy that just got shot walking down the block who just didn't make it here. So when you, come from our, when you come from our communities, there is a very large element of luck that you are, that you, you blessing, got to be some blessing. 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 You know what I'm saying? That you got to be some successful because a lot of people that didn't do nothing, that was on it, the young boy the other day, 17 years old, they said he was on his way to get a, a college scholarship. He ain't here today. Right. And, he it's just not that, and it's not just that Ray Ray is so evil that he No. Him. That's not, okay, but wait. I'm losing a point that I think is important. I want us to go back to the children of today and what is and how does systemic racism play uh -huh. into what we see? Okay. okay. Tell so, you, you want to start with them? Let them know. We're talking about social constructs, communities that are constructed in a certain way, right? So, so they ask the question. What is the difference, or at least I propose, what's the difference between systemic racism and systematic racism? Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me see. Tony Lindsay, he said, black people have been 
condition to see exceptions as rules um whether it is the ones who made it out or the black on black crime scapegoat into the ones who commit crimes exactly okay come back to you so from what and i was thinking of what's the easiest way to explain the the difference between the two from a systemic okay you can't see me what is happening okay from a from a systemic racism or systematic, let's talk about systematic first. Yes, systematic sir. racism, it means the district attorney decides that he is going to, you know, you, you, you finally elect a, a district attorney, like say Ken Thompson in Brooklyn. He was an amazing um, uh, uh, district attorney, which we didn't always agree with, but he did a lot of good work. So you, so you do the work, right? Because you're like, yo, the previous district attorney was sending mad people to jail, right, for crimes they didn't commit. They, he was a crook, and he was terrible. So you get the people together, and the people are like, we're gonna vote, and we're going to make sure that that we that we elect somebody new. So then you get a new district attorney, and then that district attorney goes into these courtrooms and finds out that the judge and other uh, uh, people who are working within the court system are literally working together, like the ones in Philly, who were literally sending boys to prison for crimes at higher rates so that they could feed them into the system so they can go to jail and make products and whatever else and become uh, products of the state so that the prison system could stay wealthy and 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 full of people right so that's sure. that's systematic that means yeah. plan that people were involved that even though you may have had one good person trying to do the right thing they got they get hit with a wall because they come up against people like the judges and others who are working together and they are conspiring for a particular goal which is right. the prison school so that money can 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 continue to flow within certain communities That's that right. is how you can see systematic it's planned it's scheduled it's very intentional but now when you start talking about systemic racism Systemic racism looks like no-knock warrants, like what killed Breonna Taylor, being active in a particular community where they only use no-knock warrants on black folks and brown folks and people in poor communities, where they could just show up at your house, kick your door down, come into your house, and if you protect yourself, they can kill you with impunity and say, oh, well, that doesn't that the reason why that's systemic is because it doesn't matter which officer was involved. It could have been Ray, Johnny, Leroy, it could have been a black officer, a Latino officer. They are following a law that has been put in place. place that is definitely gonna marginally and affect black and brown and poor people in areas exactly. every time. Exactly. It's, it's just it's just like the look. The legal system is, is systemic racism because it allows you to pay for your freedom. So if you don't right. have money, then you are going to go to jail. When right. you have money, you can buy your way out of the out of jail. 
when you don't a, a lawyer, you could go if you go to the best lawyers they can tell you for 20,000 I can guarantee that you will not do jail time when you don't have money they guarantee you will do jail time exactly. it's systemic and they under and the people who don't have money is mainly our people right so it doesn't matter like right someone said stop and frisk these are laws that have been put into place that it doesn't matter what it could be it could be you could you could go and 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 and, and change and spit 20,000 cops out and then bring 20,000 more in and maybe one or two might try to do the right thing but overall excuse me overall the the way in which the system operates police officers and others walk into it and begin to carry it along the way in which the way it has existed from forever. So it's like some of our traditions in our family are systemic. Systemic, yeah. Right? They so stem, they stem great, from a system. great-great-grandmother put the honey, the garlic, and the lemon <laughs> in a spoon and has been feeding it to you when you get a cold all your life. That's everything. That's that's all we know. So it's it tradition. Matter. It's pretty much tradition. It's tradition. It doesn't right. It doesn't matter if Barbara comes into the family. Barbara is going to do the same shit that everyone else has been doing because right. that is the way it it works. So when we say this, this there's a reason why what I'm saying or what we're saying right here is important. Because when people say, well, nah, at the end of the day, you should never kill kids. Oh, we know that. We know that. But what we have to ask ourselves is, when kids are the ones killing the kids. How does when, that, when, where does when, it come from? Right. Why, <laughs> when, why, you think that a child, do you think a child just woke up this morning and said, or a person just woke up this morning and said, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old. Hell no. Hell no. That's not what happens. But when you are living in a sense of starvation, you are starved mentally, you are starved spiritually, you are starved uh, educationally, you are starved housing, You and, 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 we are living in the era of COVID. It is my expectation that this violence that we are seeing is going to actually get worse. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app.
There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. It is. It's going because, to get worse. Yeah, because just just looking at where it stems from, when we live in this area of COVID, if, if you realize the level of trauma and fear that was instilled in us throughout this era, you understand that when you look at the, the level of trauma and fear coupled <clears throat> with the loss of jobs, with the loss of activity for our communities, they took away summer youth, they took away the the, the, the basketball, the sports, everything that these people were doing that was that was giving them some level of joy. That was now you sitting on corners in nothing but heat already frustrated, feel like you lost. People have lost. Kids didn't even graduate. They didn't go to the it's people that went they to school their whole life. They didn't have a graduation. They didn't have a proper graduation. It's people that are supposed to be starting schools. They're supposed to start certain jobs. They was they was they were sold the American 40 dream. million Americans. Are 40 million jobs. people were sold the American dream. They were supposed to start their dream job last month. And the job ain't even there no more. You know what I'm saying? Like they're supposed to start college. College, they can't even go. Like everything they've been taught to live to believe up to a certain point is not even happening anymore. The whole trajectory of life has changed for our youth. So well, do you understand? Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go first. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand the level of trauma that is in itself? And then you 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 couple that with just the the regular what we see on TV every day and racism just in general, and you think it's not going to get worse? The trauma that they see watching murder happen in their communities. Why do I? Why do I feel that I have anything to lose if the jump out boys roll up on my block every day, throwing me up against the wall, you know, just treating us like shit? The point that I'm making here is that we are we are naive to not have an understanding 
of the level of trauma that these young people and other individuals are under with all the different things that's happening in our communities. And what scares me, um, what scares me is this, what scares me is this idea that, as I said before, just locking people up is going, and, and that personal responsibility is the solution for decades and decades and decades of trauma and pain and, 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 and unequal and unfair treatment. You can't lock that up. You can't. And they said still like, no excuse to kill each other. People, yo, when you so close-minded, right, because you you have to understand, when, when you look at trauma, right, and stress, and realize that during the COVID that, 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 um, that suicide was up, right? When when you when you realize that alcohol intake was up, that drug intake was at at an all time high. When you look at all of these things, right, and to not understand that if if some if people if the the, the rates of people killing themselves is up, why would you not think the rates of people killing other people would be up? You know, every everybody deals with trauma differently. You know, everybody deals with pain differently. We we cannot ignore the fact that 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 violence is a way that people deal with trauma. There are so many people that don't know how to intake their own trauma and just hold on to it and figure out ways to vent it out without hurt harming people. So when you keep saying it's not an excuse, no, we're not making excuses. We're giving you reasons. Giving there's you a, the reason. There, there are difference between excuses and reasons. If you if, if something happens, right, you have to try to figure out why is that thing happening. The reason why this happening is because there's a reason. It, it's not just happening by osmosis. The reason why it, this is happening is because, it's because there's, there's a, a reason. reason. Because there's a reason. No. And so, Mike. Someone else on here said, how do we know that black people are actually the ones doing the killing? Right? So that's a different... That's, that's a whole other thing. Tree, and then you got branches. And so this question around why, how do we know that black people are the ones doing the killing? I don't know. It's too deep. I, I am so disturbed by the level of ignorance with our own people not being able to understand how societal failures have created violent communities and how we need to dismantle it's, it's white disgusting. supremacy it, it, and, defund, it's, it's, and defund police in order to address some of our issues, right? I am so disgusted with that, that or, or not disgusted, so saddened by it, that I can't even get to the point of explaining to you that it is ironic that in the same weekend where police officers said, we're not doing our jobs anymore because they are pissed, some of them are pissed off about the accountability, the little bit of accountability that has been happening over the last few months where you see some officers being arrested, some officers being fired, and you see some type of activity happening here where we're pushing forward and forcing the system to reckon with itself to some degree that there are people, there are police officers that's so pissed off about it that they're like, I'm gonna quit my job. I'm not gonna show up to different, you know, to, to where I'm supposed to be. I'm gonna take a long 
longer time to get there. This is this is the attitude that they have. And then in the same time period, there are all these shootings happening across the across the country in places Random. where shootings don't generally even happen. But if you bring that up and start talking about COINTELPRO and talking about how this, they, these people are not your friends, they, they, actually, they actually work together, just like they plant guns and drugs on people. And we see That's right. They've been doing that, that for years. We've see, seen Don't it. think for one moment that they will not turn around and plant guns or people who look like us in our communities that will commit crime. But let's yes, not even go to that because that's we ain't even got to go that far. That's yet. too deep. That's, that's too deep for day. you. We can't even do that one. That's too deep. Let's start with. Let's just touch a little bit ting on the idea, okay? That and because this might piss some people off. They killed the same amount of people last year. Yeah. I'm, so what I'm saying is, when people say, how do we know it's black people? Because we buried kids last 4th of July, last yeah. Memorial weekend. This is yeah. not a new phenomenon. This is not new. I guess maybe y'all just woke up. They've been doing this. They've been doing it. It's hot yeah. weekends. That's what it's called, a hot weekend. Yeah. That's the reality of the situation. And, and we just get so... And we get so caught up because now we allowing them to change the narrative, you know. No, we not. They some people are, but, we but not. some people are. Some people are getting caught up. Oh man, you know why are we not talking about what we doing to our own community? We've been talking about that. The difference is, in which I say all the time, is when we do it, it is called a crime. It has always been a crime for for when murders happen in our communities. It's never been labeled anything else. When Ray Ray kills Pookie and they catch Ray Ray, he's going to do 100 years. Ray Ray is going to die. This is the cycle. We know that the law states that when one of us kills, you are going to jail forever. We are protesting against the fact that Officer Jack does not go to jail. Officer Jack goes home on paid vacation. Officer Jack gets to sit at a desk until they figure out what happened. That's what the whole protesting is about. It's not when we we not when they said why y'all don't march for this. We marching because we want justice. Justice is going to be served in our community every time somebody gets killed. We unfortunately, but we understand that first you have to change the conditions in the community. We know that we are a hundred percent sure that when you give these kids a reason to live, when you give them something, um, adequate amount of, of resources, you give them jobs, you give them opportunities, they are a lot less likely to do violence. We know that because anywhere where black people are in communities that are thriving, there are no violence. Not, there, not no violence. There's different types there's of violence. Very, there's but different no, types. I'm talking, we're talking about little kids getting shot in the crossfire. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because it's not even shots. Because, well, I won't say there's no shots. I don't think they report some of it, but it would be domestic violence. It's yeah. in people's homes. But, I'm about shots. But, but there's not people on the street just shooting at each other the way in which it's not random acts of violence. There's there's violence. Violence is they are going. There's always going to be violence to some level everywhere because that's the negative and positive is the balance of the world. And but when you look at the violence that's in communities where people are successful, is there is 
there's a, a situation that occurs. You know, there's something that it traced back to this situation. There's domestic issues. There are problems that's going on. But you do not see random acts of violence where, you know, where unintended victims are being killed. It's very, very, very rare. Yeah, you can't completely eradicate violence. The issue is reducing it. And Erica's asking, what were we saying about we've been doing it? And what, what we were saying, Erica Ford, who has a, a, who has a major program, in New York City called the crisis management system. You know, when people say to me, oh, you know, all you do is talk about police brutality, but you don't, you don't do anything regarding uh, uh, violence in the community. Well, guess what? I actually was one of many people, not, well, first of all, three and then many since then, Lance Potato and others um, are, are here uh, on this live many, many years ago. Um, we started a program in New York City uh, called the crisis management system that, uh, you know, as I said, a few of us got together and worked to get funding. I think the first amount of funding we got was $5 million that was allotted for grassroots organizations. And it wasn't easy to get. We protested just like we do for police brutality. We had to go, uh, you know, hold up, not not stick up, but, you know, uh, 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 force our way into meetings and conversations with elected officials to get them to actually put some money behind grassroots organizations that hire people who are formerly incarcerated, people who have direct connections to the streets, people who know who the shooters are and who the one who the people are that have issues. We 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 went out and we found a way to get funding for those programs. It was at five million, I believe, when we first started. It's over thirty million dollars, and in fact, oh, yep, actually, that's right, Erica. We was bringing caskets out in the street, protesting, showing the the caskets to to represent the bodies that we lost. Um, I remember one Memorial Weekend, we had, it was like seventy shootings across the city of New York. We did mad work, and it started out being five million dollars, of which at the time. Bloomberg, who just tried to run for president, was the mayor in New York City. And he sat, I don't know, Erica, if you remember that meeting where he sat with us and he specifically told me to my face that he would not fund any grassroots organizations because there was no data to prove that those types of groups work in, in, in terms of reducing violence. But after doing some pushing at the time, uh, you know, a councilman, Jamani Williams, and I think uh, Fernando Cabrera, and also uh, Speaker Quinn, they got together and, and they got, gave us $5 million, not us, because Tamika Mallory probably has received $20,000 ever from it completely um, from the entire program. I helped to found it, helped to do all the work, but I did not receive any resources. I want to change that at some point because I need to focus on doing my work. But nonetheless, um, you know, that was where we started. Today, it's over 30 million. And now the, new, the mayor of New York City, uh, Bill de Blasio, has given another $10 million uh, to the program, or he will give $10 more million to the program to ensure that, because he realizes that his police department is unable to do the job. He knows that. They're not credible. They don't have the credibility in our community. They don't have the credibility. And, they, and, and, and the police is not designed to prevent crime. It is not, it is, the police, is, that's what the crisis management system 
That's what the Christ and 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 so that people can understand in all the places where the crisis management program exists. So in places where they actually have centers set up where people like the Erica Fords, the A.T. Mitchells, and the Ife Charles, and I mean, and Lance Potatoes, and all the others where they work, where they do their work, right? Violence is down. These are places where, when, and I would say that this summer, right now, we're experiencing a peak in violence. But for the last five to six years, violence has been down in these things called encatchment areas. Because the ways in which these programs exist is not that uh, they call the cops and call Big Brother as soon as something happens. No, they empower the community to do its own work. So in the community, there's somebody who has mental health services. There is someone who knows of where you might be able to get jobs, a GED program, a college mm -hmm. program, someone that you can talk to. You can, you can have, you know, there's, there's therapy. Um, we even are learning how to eat better through the, the leadership of, of Kepra Kears. Uh, what else is what else is there, Erica? Feed me some more. We got they have, um, they have men, help. big brothers, big brothers. You need to pick up the phone and call nine one community. But to Erica's point and to your point, my son, cops are actually showing up after the shit done went down. Exactly. The work that is happening from the crisis management system, they're finding the out that something is going on and doing the work to go round up the young people, round up the potential shooters, and sit down and try to broker deals to, 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 to kill the noise. So, so now, and I'm not going to talk anymore after this because because th this is the main, this is the point. In okay. order to do that, you need money. You can and do you, that for free. Exactly. And, and that's what I tell people all the time. They say, oh, well, you know... You you keep talking about this. We need to govern our own communities and tell the gang, the quote unquote gangsters to do. It. And I'm saying the reality is, it's possible if you employ these young boys who are on the street who think they don't have any other any other recall negative. You know, if if you employ them and you say, look, we go, we're gonna make sure that you don't have to stay on the corner because we're actually gonna pay you more than you actually doing making out here on this corner. But we want you to be responsible for protecting these communities. We want, we want you to, to be the, the mediator. People respect you enough. So we want you to be able to go and, 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 and you know, and prevent some of these crimes that's going on, prevent some of the violence that's going on, stop some of the beef, end some of the beef, because they respect who you are. So when, you're, when you say something, your word actually means something. So when you're paying somebody to do the same thing that you – and you're taking some resources away from the police because they're not capable of doing it. They don't have credibility in our communities. They can't come and talk to JoJo and Ray Ray and say, look, we need y'all to sit down and, and, and squash this beef because that ain't going to happen. But when you got somebody who's able to do that, then they should need to be paid for those services. That, right, you know? right. They because need to be paid for those services. Because you can't go to work at uh, the McDonald's all day long and then later on and, and then think you're gonna get to the situation that's about to go down when you get off when you take your nap you got to have a full-time job on the ground that's and, right and i think about just a few months ago freezing cold outside you and erica ford were, and, and 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 au and others 
were out there and um, the were out there in the project. Now, I'm not saying y'all <laughs> solve the problems forever because there's probably still shit that's going on in the same area in Queens. But you was able to help save some young people's lives another day just by right. going out there, talking to them, offering them resources, offering them some kind of hope and letting them know that people care about them. The jump out police boys, they cannot offer that. And so what we're saying is when we say you need money, but we what we're saying is there is no reason for police officers to have billions of dollars to show up in our communities and just arrest people fucking military and kill people to deal with damn to deal with a pro a protest and they come out the, the protest happens and they show up with horses. And, and military equipment and all this freaking gear that they don't need. They don't need that. Take that damn money and put it into the communities so that people can actually feel like there's some hope and there's some actual care, some understanding of what it is that they need. I make, I said to us, I was saying to Erica today, I was having an argument with somebody the other day and he was like, well, you know, but what are we going to do about these knuckleheads? I said, give them a job. Well, but you know, the projects that I live next door to, it's always some shit going on. And this one apartment in particular where they, they, they just, they whole house is messed up. The father's on drugs. So the son, he got, <laughs> and I said, you know what? If I'm a president, if I'm the president of the housing association in that project, right? I'm, I'm the one, I'm the big dog in the, in the, in the, in the community. Okay. And I find out that in building number seven, apartment 14B, it's all kinds of shit going on. There's violence. Somebody killed somebody last night. All this is happening. When I go up there, because the community says we got to deal with it, something has to happen, and let's just say we decide we're not calling 911 no more. So now the housing authority, the housing president, she's going to go upstairs and she's going to talk to Miss Mary about what's going down in her household. When she gets there, she needs some jobs. She needs a mental health program. She needs a drug treatment program. She needs a, 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 a child that can't read needs some help. They might need some food tonight. Not soon come help, help go around the way. We got food tonight that will get you over for the next week or two. Because we Those know what you're going through, Miss Mary. We know what you're going through. You, you probably hungry. You can't even control these kids. They Because you in here broke, and they like, fuck that, we ain't going to be poor. Like, this is a reality of what's going on. If you coming in with resources, like what, if you look at, um, um, lean on me, man. Doc, Mr. Clark used to go to their house and say, what you need? Right. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna, we gonna give you some resources. We're gonna get you a job. I know Kanisha got the baby. We're gonna take it. Like we're gonna do shit. Like people wanna feel like you actually care. They don't wanna feel like you coming at them, calling them motherfucking police and all that shit. People are frustrated. It's too much going on daily, man. They want somebody to just give them a hug sometimes. Miss Matt, she just want a hug is to get somebody to understand what she's going through. That's she wants and somebody then, and then guess what? Then guess what happened? <laughs> Ray Ray got to go to work in the morning because she done told him, listen, your job this week, you're going to be down there helping Mr. John at the, at the wherever, the mechanic, the this, the that, and the third. He got a job for you. He's going to hook you up with some resources, so I need you to go down there. And and, and every morning, you got to be there at 7 o'clock. Got to be there. So now, 
Because I see it with my own son. I see it with my own child, Mike. Yeah. When he got to get, when he got something that he's focused on and it's some money involved, especially, dude go in there and turn the lights off, turn every TV off. He goes to bed so that he can get up in the morning to take care of his business. Of course, there's going to be some that don't, but the majority will do it. They exactly. Will do it. And then, after a while, when, when trouble come about, they, they turn around to Miss Sue, the president of the Tennis Association, and they say, Miss Sue, you know, man, I know you helped me out with this, and now we got this going on. The light bill was never really paid. Okay, no problem, sweetheart. I'm going to give you this piece of paper. I'm going to help you fill it out. Because I realize that you may not have, you may not, you may not have your reading skills because the school failed you, and you don't want to tell anybody that you can't really read, okay? You might not have a knowledge of all of these complicated things that they asking you for, making you fill out all this shit and do all this shit that is, is complicated as fuck to, be able to get some damn help. So I can't do all of that. I'm stressed out. My husband might, is having problems. Somebody in the fucking house is sick. And now somebody in my mama got fucking COVID-19. So there's a lot now of we got COVID. Now, right COVID now, now we got COVID. I'm watching the death count on TV. You I'm stressed kneeled, out. You just kneeled in George Floyd's neck. People are telling me to fight for fucking Breonna Taylor. I got all this shit going on. And you want me to fill out a goddamn application to get... Talking about the census and all this shit. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And, so you, now, don't, and you can't even survive. You barely could survive. But you got to deal with all this. You would survive. You was... You was you didn't even have lunch meat before this shit happened. And now this happened, you you below starvation. What the fuck? Like people what? you tell me like the the job done late yeah. you off. For real, what, this shit what is we about? Real. they said fifty billion dollars went to in the stimulus package. Come on. Man. Come on, man. Individuals got twelve hundred dollars. It's too and, much, man. Yeah, we do have to do the census. We do. We but do, but it's but you. We're not saying that you don't, but you actually got it's to. A lot. It's a lot. It's too it's much. Right. Erica, gotta do the census. We got to, but it's too much. Gotta do the census, but but I'm just saying, I'm just saying with the whole with the with the 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 the, 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 the uh, damn it, I lost it because the census is mad important. Y'all know I can't remember shit, but yo, like. It's way too much. Like, it's over the freaking top. So now, our position is, if you want to stop, and, and by the way, everything that we're saying here, these fucking people understand. They know they it. They know it. They know it. They know. They know. They're 100% aware of what's going on, man. They know. And we got to vote. And we got to vote. And we got to vote. Even though we might, dang shit, I don't, I don't, I don't care about none of that. Yo, in your local communities, if you don't vote, other people will, and they and they gonna get what they need, what and you gonna be fucked up. Oh, I know that the person. Thank you for bringing me back. Yeah, the twelve hundred dollars. You you supposed to get twelve hundred dollars. Well, if you owe child support, if you had certain types of felony convictions. If this and that and your paperwork wasn't right and you the can't get this and the this and that, you didn't even get the fucking twelve hundred dollars. So now you don't even have the money that, that the little the little twelve hundred dollars you didn't even necessarily get that, or you may have gotten it, but the corporations got fifty billion. And you're gonna tell us that 
systemic racism is is not relevant. Listen to me. These corporations think they ran a game. The, the the riots, that's why you seen these white people out there breaking Target windows and all that. Target got all this money. Then they got the, the, the insurance Target's from the stores. That got, <clears throat> then they got the insurance from people burning down their stores. Like they this shit is like this shit is all day. Target, Target, don't be talking about bad about my Target. Target came out and said they was for the protesters. Of course they was. Because now they got the surest money plus the hundred. They got all the money man, they got. Don't put Target. Target, man, listen, Target is all right. Target, now. all but, of these stores. But, but seriously, they got there is census money out there, and it was to the tune of fifty billion dollars that was given out to people. Yet and still, individuals, everyday people may or may not have gotten $1,200. And then, of course, you got your unemployment check. Some people, some people not. Like, we're dealing with some real shit. So when you say, well, why is, that, why is this happening? First of all, every single summer, every single summer, not some summers, not, not summer 20 years ago, every single summer, Children are killed. Children are killed in Chicago. Children are killed in New York. Children are killed in, in every single summer across this country. In Alabama, unfortunately, this stuff happens every single year. Well, we have to do, and I think we're coming down. Coming down to the end. To the end of this. What we have to do, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, and family, is first of all, not allow these people to change the narrative on us. Don't be allowing people to make you feel like the fact that you fight against police brutality means that you don't care about what's happening in your own communities. Because we do care, okay? We do definitely care. And, and right. some of us are doing real work some people could be doing more, but some people are doing real work to deal with violence in our own communities. So do not allow them to change the narrative. That's number Yeah, because that's the goal. That's the whole goal. That, whole that's what they want to do. They want to talk about something different. You keep your foot on their necks. Next Tuesday, we're going to uh, Kentucky. We're going to uh, uh, have a direct action that may get us arrested for Breonna Taylor because they are trying to sweep Breonna Taylor under the rug. They want us to forget about that and start focusing on blaming one another and arguing with one another. And we are not going to do that. To focus on black, on, black on black crime, whatever the fuck that is. I I, what is that? What is black on black crime? Mean? What is it? Well, you know, I guess it's just an easy way for some people to explain a black person killing a black person. And I think we just have a responsibility to educate people. I love the meme that I've seen that says 30, 86% of white people who kill other white people, uh, white people who are killed, are killed by other white people. Other white people. So every community has the same thing. Yes, it's, it's called so, proximity, called proximity crimes. Right. Whoever you're close to is, That's is, who you, is, is who you are most likely to commit a crime against. That's, that's it. That. We never heard white on white crime, so stop saying, don't let these people keep telling you this black on black shit. Please. 
it's, it's so a point. Let, so that's one. Let's let not let them change the narrative. Second of all, let's continue to fight for people like Breonna Taylor. And then I think the last thing is let's invest in local grassroots organizations that are actually doing the work because there are people in your local community That's that right. every single day they march. You just don't go. It's not that there's not a march that happens. My son and Erica was just doing a march. When was that, Sunday? Yeah. Oh, no, the 4th of July. The 4th of July. 4th of July, we were just out there. Shout out to Eastkey. She had, you know, she had a rally outside outside of the um the, the peace center and we was out there with along with um michael k michael k williams who came out there and you know it was it was a dope event someone asked char is asking us how do you get funding i think you get funding by defunding the police you don't need them to have the military equipment you don't need them to uh to do nothing in our communities in some instances we need to take the, that money take those resources and shift it to community-funded uh, programs, to resources and services that we need in our community. So at the end of the day, support grassroots organizations. You can go right now. Erica, put, put your life camp um, tag in here. And my son, you could pin it for the next couple of seconds that we on here. But you could go right now at this moment and give to a group like Life Camp and other groups that are actually doing the work. They are stopping violence on a regular basis. And if you live in a city and you're like, damn, what can I do? But you have relationships with legislators, you need to get in touch with us and find out how we did it. The funding literally, you know, generally will come from, uh, some of the funding will come from uh, city council uh, and other legislators, and then people can also go out and get private funds to match that money. So that's what you guys need. Okay, right there. Did you see that? It's right there. Give right now to to piecesoflifestyle.com. Go to piecesoflifestyle.com and support local Grassroots organization. Yes, support, man. Support Erica. She's really out here. Your phone is muffled. I'm muffled. Mm -hmm. It's like down to low. Yep, support GMAC. I see somebody saying definitely Shanduk McFadder, our brother. Support him. Support Man Up. Support uh, 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 SOS. SOS. The potato, the potato. What's the Potato Brothers organization name? I can't remember it right now. It's like King of Kings. King, King of Kings. Kings. King of Kings. Support them. Okay, the this right here, this link is for the job for kids for summer. This is how they're trying to form, how to raise money to implement their own, their own summer, summer program. program. Right, because the, this, the city this year said they didn't have enough resources to uh, to hire all the kids the way that they have in the past, the COVID-19 issue and other things. And so they don't have enough money. Um, so we should make sure to support people like uh, Life Camp or organizations like Life, Camp, like Life Camp that are going to continue to keep our young people employed, 
I see also Char Bates is here with uh, Cash App. My vote is hip hop. These are people who do real work. These are people doing real live work. And of course, you can support Until Freedom by going to untilfreedom.com. That is my son and my organization. But tonight is not about us. Give to small grassroots organizations like um, ours is small and grassroots too, but you understand my point. Yes. Uh, but you hear me? Do I sound better? Not much, not much better. Okay. So that's it. That's it. So we hope, we listen, we hope that you learned something. You know, we hope that you, you, you understand why systemic and systematic racism play major parts in the violence in black communities. We hope that, you know, like we say all the time, we, we don't not want to be accountable. We definitely want, we, we deal with our accountability, but we have to understand where these things stem from. They don't just come out of this clear blue, black people ain't just shooting and killing and they ain't just like, oh shit, what's going on? They just know there are things that created the situations. And I hope my realities and my experiences that I gave that I was, you know, honest about, and, and Tamika was honest about her experiences, I hope that you listen to those. You know, I hope that you actually listen so that when you, and just not just listen to, to rebut but listen to actually just really understand. There are really serious situations going on in our community. So, you know, a lot of people are angry with me because I refuse to all the way condemn what's going on in the communities. And I refuse to, you know, speak out and, and against these young because I understand what they're dealing with, you know, and I understand that, that Malcolm X was read before he was Malcolm X. You know, there there, there was a process that we all have to go through to grow, you know? You know, I, I come from the streets and a lot of my understanding came from the streets and a lot of things that I believe that helped me to survive came from the streets. There are a lot of negative things that I learned from the streets, but I was able to identify and, I, and understand that these young kids are getting these same lessons that I learned. And a lot of them have been taught wrong, and but they're not bad people. You know, they're just not savages. They're not animals. They've just been raised and taught negativity was, you know, we've been, we've normalized abnormality for a, lo a long time. And I'm just one of those people that try to meet people where they are because I remember when I was there, you know, and I just hope that you don't look down on your brothers and sisters that's going through a lot in these communities and have made bad and poor choices. And, you know, and you don't see yourself as above them but just understand that it is your duty and it is your duty to try to help them, you know, and try to change all of our brothers and sisters' realities and situations. So with that said, I'm just happy we had this conversation. I'm glad that we did. I think it's, it requires more and more because there was so much to try unpack. To yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not going to even try to match that because I, I, I know when, our brothers speak, especially in your situation, things you've been through, you can speak to it even better than me. So we appreciate you. And I love you too, D. Um, Mice, and, you know, and I think tonight, trying to give people just a little bit of a glimpse of what it is that we go through. But I will end this by saying, we still can't be killing our babies. Definitely can't. can't and it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable, man. And we have to, what we do have to do is what I, I definitely say is we cannot glorify it. We cannot allow 
anybody who is harming our community, who is, you know, terrorizing our community, either whether it's systemic or not, to feel like it's some bad badge of honor. You know, we have to, we have to, that's one thing that I learned from being in the streets is that we have to create what cool is. When we in these streets say, yo, it's not cool for you to hurt your own people. That's not quote unquote gangster because people want to be considered real. They want to be considered as gangster. And when we start changing the definition of what that is, then you you start speaking their language. You have to speak to the people that you want to help. You got to speak the language of them. And they want to be considered real. They want to be, quote, unquote, gangster. Well, gangster is making sure that nobody comes to your community and harms nobody. Gangster is making sure that you're not robbing these old people, that the old people feel safe when they see you on the block because they know that you're going to protect them. That's what gangster is. That's what real is. So when we, we, we can't glorify nobody shooting and killing their own over 2 and $3 or $50 or whatever it is. We can't make that cool no more. That shit is over. It's completely dead. You know, it's, it's no, there's no honor in that. There's no gangster. There's nothing in that. And that's what we have to do in our community. Yeah, no killing babies. When I was a kid, when some shit was about to go down, they came and they said, women and children out the park. Women and children go upstairs. They forced us upstairs, and um, and uh, and they made sure that the streets was clear before they did whatever, handled their business or whatever you want to call it. And we got to make sure there's some kind of code in the streets. So if you're OG, if you somebody that think you're OG, and you're on this live, the biggest part of the work that we do is making sure that people who are like you, people who've been through this, people who know these young people, are taking the time to talk to them about codes in the street and make sure that they never, ever open fire when young kids are around, especially. We want them not to open fire at all, but we understand that to have poverty and trying to say peace needs to exist in the same place is not realistic at this point in every situation, but you cannot, you cannot be in a place, in a time, in a space where you so damn frustrated and crazy off the wall and whatever else that a child gets killed. So That's right. peace out, Mice. Peace out, street peace politicians. Listen, we may not always agree, but we agreed yeah, a lot today. Yo, we haven't been less disagreeing lately, but you know, it's going to be times. We disagree is when we talk about uh, pop culture issues. We don't okay. agree on that yeah, we, at we, all. Yeah, when, when it comes to this movement, we're pretty much on, on point, but like, but this is our closing statement. So we always say we may not agree, we may not always be right, and we not always be wrong, but we will always be authentic. Stay tuned for Street Podcast, Street Politicians Podcast. It's gonna be we got major things coming. So thank y'all for tuning in. We hope y'all enjoyed it. We hope you learned something. We learned from y'all, and peace. Peace. That's how we own it. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. 
Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 